Spurs in the white shirts and black shorts. Newcastle today in a change strip of a rather faded yellow and light blue shorts. So for those of you watching in black and white, Spurs with the perhaps the whiter looking shirts. And we welcome you to episode 11. I'm Les of Hull City Kits. I'm Gav from the Football Kit Geek. And I'm Dennis from Museum of Jerseys. It's gratifying to have a full first team worth of episodes under our belt with the Euro 2020 special acting as a sub on the bench. We've settled into a three good and three bad format since Gav joined the team. And we're loosely going to do that again in this episode, but with a twist of a guest offering the nominations of good and bad with us contemplating those choices. We've debated the good and the bad of change kits, goalkeeper kits and template kits twice so far. Now it's the first time we're going to focus on a single club and pass that club's kit history. That club is Newcastle United and we'll ponder the best kits made from a petroleum byproduct of a club about to be turbocharged by Petro State monies. For such a task we needed more than just the views of three blokes who support Arsenal, Millwall and Hull City respectively. We needed someone with real Newcastle knowledge, a maven of Magpie's kit comprehension, and who better for such tasks than a man renowned for his Newcastle shirt collection. That man is Gavin Haig, and we hope he's not offended by the Geordie stereotypes he's about to put up with. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yes, yes, Gavin Haig, black and white through and through and through. Glad to give you my knowledge on a few of my shirts. Wonderful. Two Gavins with us. I think it's going to get messy despite the very different regional accents. Probably a good start would be a brief summary of your time as a Newcastle fan. Right, yeah. Um, massive Newcastle fan. I've been a Newcastle fan since October 1976. I never miss a home game. I've missed very, very few games in them 46 years. And I still actively um, travel all around the country for them. I was at Burnley a few weeks ago. Norwich a few weeks before that, so I'm probably as actively as a fan now as I was way back as a seven-year-old. So been through lots of thin, not so much thick, but hopefully things will change thanks to the investment in the club. And it's gone pretty well since Christmas, so I'm hoping it'll continue. So yes, big fan, always have been, always will be. I don't really know any different, to be honest with you. I was kind of got a black and white shirt when I was seven-year-old and it's been a roller coaster ever since. When we did our first episode contemplating well known kit templates, we thought we'd be fun to break them down into templates of worship and templates of doom. The result being we've obligated ourselves to have a pair of puns to differentiate the good from the bad in each instance. So, with apologies to anyone that speaks Tyneside English, and especially you, Gavin, we've gone with can he kit that pet for the good? And now we're the lads for those kits you're not so fond of. So how about we toggle between the two rather than all the good in one go and then all the bad? 
So, Gavin, give us your first canny kit that pet. Perhaps the kit you think embodies the archetypal great Newcastle kit, the one that sets the bar high for all kits that follow. Right. Well, I suppose, like anything, the first kit, I would say the best one, naturally, is the 1995 to 1997 one, um, voted in, in, in my own mind, certainly with many, many fans, is the best shirt we've ever, ever had. It came along, it was, you know, as I mentioned, all you ever think about with that shirt, you associate with thinking, finishing twice both seasons. Shearer, Ferdinand, Beasley, you name it. The quality of the shirt, the, the granddad colour, the um, the Brownell sponsor, you know, the quality of the kit, the you know, the, the detail around it, you know, the, the thickness of the, the jersey itself. I think from a personal point of view, you know, I remember when it came out, you know, we went from we went we went from A6 to to Adidas, and I can remember straight away it just being everyone was kind of mad for it. In many many people you speak to, which they feel it's the best one we ever had. Whether that's sometimes t- whether that's based on the fact of where we finished in the league both times, but if I do look back and say there's very very shirts that would ever 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 kind of beat it, and I know when I speak to sh- shirt fans from all over the place. There's, there's very, very few who, who don't seem to rate it. So, as you say, from setting the bar point of view, that's the shirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, first, the first Adidas Newcastle shirt, yeah, after two years with Essex. It's an impressive first choice, I'll give you that, Gavin. As somebody who worked in menswear in the mid-1990s, the one thing I remember is that granddad collars were certainly on trend. And, you know, where I worked, you used to have to have a uniform based on that season's trends and everything that I got to wear either had a granddad collar was made of linen or was a linen granddad collared shirt. So it, it certainly, um, you know, captured the, the the fashion zeitgeist at the time. Just interestingly, while I'm talking about working in menswear, where I worked, there was a range of shoes and all of the shoes were named after 95, 96 Newcastle players. So there was a Ginola, there was an Espria, there was a Ferdinand. I don't think there was a Howie or a Barton but the the fact that there was naming shoes in a high street fashion store sort of told me at least how that team had captured the you know the the wider footballing public's imagination I guess I mean again the shirt you talk it was like the numbers on the back of the shirt as well I mean that was quite brand new to if I remember rightly again before that when we had the ASIC shirt you couldn't get a number on the back I remember going and getting a blue number on my, on my daughter's shirt, but but when the '95 shirt come out, you could get the number straight away. What this white number with Adidas in it? Of course, the players' ones didn't have Adidas written in it. But even that in itself, this big massive flock, this massive kind of number. I mentioned about the colour. You opened it up, and it was halfway open. And I, I had to wear one in an extra extra large. And I mean, I've still got it upstairs. It's absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. But again, again, the shirt, like I say, Les, when you say about the, the colour, the granddad, it was kind of, we were wearing granddad colours in the, in the early 80s, I remember when, when I was at school. So that was quite so different from this buttoned up colour that I, I was used to. It always fascinates me that the home shirt had the oval brown ale logo and the away kit had, um, had more of a round one, didn't it? And that, that seemed to be something that Adidas did while while they were the sponsors. I wonder why they did that. I was going to ask that as well, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, again, if memory served it well, it went perfectly with it. I mean, I had the baseball cap, the way baseball cap, 
and that had the kind of white on. I mean, again, you might just think aesthetically, you probably find it's more more simple than you think. It just worked better if you think about it. The orange brown ale on that burgundy shirt probably would have looked pretty pretty enough, wouldn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't anything as to why that was the case, but I think whatever I've learned over the years, the the reason for it's a lot more straightforward than you think it is. We tend to think there's a there's a massive reason for them doing something, and it seems quite straightforward. So, so yeah, yeah. What what I liked about it was the way that the the Adidas stripes were just integrated so well onto the onto the arms. Like the 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 black stripes were the same with as the three black Adidas stripes. So you could see they were there, but they didn't they didn't intrude like they, they they just fitted lovely the one thing i think they were trimmed in blue weren't they gavin the adidas stripes yeah and there's just a touch of blue going yeah from... I, I i'd almost have just left them in black because i think that's the only blue on the whole kit it's almost you know a little bit out of place but other than that i can't fault the design it's um like you say it was worn by a very memorable team in a very memorable shirt um so definitely would um would, would concur with your choice there. Did Adidas give anybody other teams Grandad collars, or was it just uh, Liverpool? Uh, the Liverpool away one, the Liverpool was, away, the quartered one that season. Course. Cork City's home kit that season was just plain white with red and green trim, uh, red Grandad collar. Bray Wanderers as well in Ireland had green with a white Grandad, but it did seem to just be UK and Ireland thing. I think also with the Adidas logo, having just the brand, word branding ties into that classic look as well. It kind of helps finish it. If you had that shirt with then it would have been the Adidas equipment, mm-hmm. I think you're not going to get that same classic look. That it just almost every part of that kit is just a classic look that works. It all ties in together from the, the stripes and the arms, the wording, the logo, the, the sponsor. It's just it's just nothing wrong with it. I don't think any kit lover can find something wrong with that kit. It's such a great overall look. That's why I said it. It's like where it come from at the time. I mean, the shorts even had the, I think it was in a shield, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. In a short. And I think, like, say, Gav, going back to that Adidas. I mean, I remember the time thinking, where's this come from? You know, it was like, unbelievable. That's why I'm seeing these memories, if anything. I mean, we've never gotten over that 95, 96 season. Anyway, so you've got permanently, I mean, I've got pictures of that all, all, over, all, all over this room, but you write that shirt, you look at it and go, where's that come from? And I know we live in a world of templates and all that kind of thing, but I've never seen now remotely, remotely like it. And, and the way one just matched with it, sadly only used for one season, but that's another thing. So Yeah, well, nostalgia comes up a lot with our discussions in the last pods, and I think this is a, a perfect example of kits nostalgia and all kind of coming into one to just give us great memories for all football fans let alone you know i can't imagine what it would be like for a newcastle supporter yeah as i said we've never gotten over it to be honest with you <laughs> all i think about that shirt is finishing twice second and as you say when you have watched programs on sky and obviously you never you know they don't remember the team that finished second but I think that's slightly different on that particular season. All you see is Janola looking like he did in it. I mean, he looked even better than the way one. But yeah, it's kind of it's just synonymous with that time. 
but the shirt it's got the quality and again another thing that i'm sure we'll cover is the quality of shirts but that it stood the test of time i mean i've got a, a, a fair few match warm ones that are battered but what's battered is the number on the back not the shirt perfect storm isn't it because you know sometimes people think of an iconic kit almost purely because of what the team did in it but this was a year where the quality of the design the quality of the garment matched what was happening on on the pitch as well it wasn't wasn't a case of well it was a, a lovely shirt but the, the team went good or we just remember the team being really good in it and the shirt itself was was our home it just feel like that that perfect storm of um, of everything being right at the same time yeah couldn't agree more well, it's hard to argue with that as an opening choice, but let's come to the dark side of the kit force. What would be your first Now With The Lads nomination? Oh, well, straight away, I could probably be, be, bear, in, bear in mind at the, at the time in 95, 96, sure enough in 97, 98, it's probably the best one to go to, is the shirt that we got. Um, ironically, I've got Ian Rush's shirt, which sums it up. It's the blue, orange and black away shirt. Naturally, I've got, I've got it. I've got a, I've got a few. I remember the neck being huge, but the colour being awful, the fit being awful, and it's just the complete opposite to the period beforehand. So it, it reminds me of that least that season, even John Dal Thomason. But the shirt itself, and we we'll go back to shirts being rather uncomfortable, and I can still wear the the ninety five ninety six one, but this ninety seven ninety eight just feels absolutely enough. And I kind of get over this orange and green stripe. I mean, as I say, I own a couple of them. I've got a replica one and a, and a player's one. But it's just so. I remember I had green shorts, you know, you know, and like the the orange. As I say, the the stripes. I mean, the the design. You, you can kind of see the um, you know the badge pattern in in the shirt itself. But it's just a monster compared to the shirt before. And I felt like that at the time, and I still feel no different to it now. So, again, it might relate to a bit of a come down from the season before, but it's just awful. Um, as I say, in the neck itself, the neck itself's huge, and the fit's horrendous. See, according to historical kits, there was a navy blue kit with an orange stripe in about 1885. So I could understand it if it was meant to be a reference to that book. Where the hell does the green come from and the shade of green as well? Yeah, as I say, what, what, where it was plucked up from, I, I'll, I'll never, I've never ever been able to find out, but it's just awful. And we only ever wore, we wore it at Leeds and we got stuffed. I remember we wore it at Southampton, but finding anywhere to see when we ever, ever wore it. So we just got bad memories, as I say. I think I was at Leeds that day when we got beat 4-1. Yeah, there's an article by Philip Marriott on John Devlin's site, truecoloursfootballkits.com, and he says it was only worn, I think, three times, and each time with different shorts and socks. So the normal shorts and socks at Leeds. Then at Sheffield Wednesday, there was special white alternative shorts and socks. And then against Southampton, the home white change shorts with purple socks. So, like... As if the shirt wasn't enough of a fucking acid trip, like then they're <laughs> just, you know, messing around with the shorts and socks for no good reason. So it, it tells you, or when I think about it, Dennis, is I went to Derby away in the cup that season, 
And I'm thinking, did we wear it that day? And you'd think we would because they were wearing white. Yeah. Well, obviously, we didn't wear black and white. You know, yeah, so yeah. sums it up, doesn't it? Prefer to almost cause a clash than actually wear it. Mind you, Tamara Kitsby never threw that one into the stand, so maybe he liked that one. <laughs> yeah, you might have even been playing on the on the on the particular games. I mean, as I say, I've got Ian, Ian Rush's shirt, and I'm trying to. I was trying to even think, did he actually play? But as I say, I just don't have any memories of it apart from we got we got stuffed off leads. Says it already, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, back to the good stuff. What's your second nomination, Gavin? Oh, well, the second one, which I'll, I'll mention this. I mean, again, this brings it right up to date. So it's our last Puma shirt from um, seems a lifetime ago. It's just last season. So it's the it's the dark purple black one with the luminous yellow sponsorship. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, I know I'll, I am um, obviously if I'm describing it, you know, it's I'll, for some reason I just love that fluorescent badge. Um, just everything about it. But again, it's like anything. We had it for one season. We've rarely worn it. So at the time, it's marvellous. I mean, again, it's a replica shirt. It was never off my back, the, the replica. You know, if, if, if I think about my shirt I've got, got here. It's John, John O'Shelby shirt from South, from against Tottenham. We've got a one-all draw. But I was absolutely blown away with that shirt. I'll constantly say it's one of the best we've ever, ever had. But now it's forgotten about because we've only had it for one season. So it's kind of it's kind of a way gone. But if I look back, it's so different. You know, we keep saying about templates and then everyone had all these wonderful little designs. It didn't feel like last season that anyone had that design that we had, unless Dennis has seen somebody else who had it. But for me, no. it was so different for me as a Newcastle fan, that shirt. But I absolutely love it. You know, the fluorescent number works on the back. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think anyone has had that um, design. Like what Puma, what Puma have done the last few years, and it, it's it's a good approach. I think in that a lot of their clubs have the same kind of the the same cut. You know, the the shirts are the same cut, but the torso then and and the sleeves like will have uh, a sublimated design that will be unique. Um, like and it, it allowed West Brom to have their their. Um, shirts last season, you know, with the kind of the striping that referenced the early nineties, and no one else had that. Like, so it, it's it's a good way of having a template, effectively, but with with tailoring breach club. And I I think it's a good choice for you because as short aficionados, it's a very easy trap to fall into to say everything in the past was great, everything nowadays is terrible. So it, like it, it's good, and it shows like. That there are good designs coming, there are good templates nowadays that can be overlooked. And like you say, a lot of it is probably due to the fact that there's a one season lifespan. So again, thumbs up from me. There's one thing I like about this is I think you just mentioned it, Gavin, is the the name set and number on the back was a luminous yellow as well, which went one of my big bugbears with the Premier League name sets is they're restricted in colours. But this was um, one that actually worked and matched with the rest of the shirt as well. One of the only ones. And that's something I really think helps the shirt stand out as well from uh, lots of its other kind of compatriots. Um, it does work well in that case. I mean, one thing that, that doesn't work for me, but again, it's probably minor, is the blank back. You know, I'm one where 
I'm sure everyone goes on and on and on about that. It just does nothing. It's just a waste. It's it's kind of you know because as the replica as the replica fan, I'm long past putting numbers on the backs of my shirts, <laughs> unless there's a special occasion for some reason. But just that black back sometimes, well, they just look naff, don't they? To be to be honest with you. But again, as I say, the shirt overall, I just love. But sadly, quickly if forgotten about it mm. I, I remember the release bleb when it came out saying that the pattern was some reference to the Tyne bridge I don't know quite how Again, you might we, know. we often say that with them tenuous links don't we I mean the orange one beforehand it said oh it it resembled the the Milburn stand roof and you kind of go right <laughs> So it's not like the shape of the rivets or anything on the bridge. No, and I mean, I, I was over Dortmund a couple of years ago and I got a shirt and it was like, oh, that shirt's based on, you know, the one of the stands and you're kind of going, is it? So yeah. it's... If you stood I'm on your head, maybe. I'm, I'm not convinced. We've had a few shirts recently where they were, that's a nod to the 69. I think we've all had this conversation before. I think that's a nod to the 69 team. And you go, really? But we didn't have thick stripes for that shirt. So it's... And, <laughs> I sometimes don't know where that information comes from, but if it is, it is great, great. Just sadly, again, it only lasted a year, and it's not even, and it's not even really a year at last, is it? It feels like by the time you get around to get it, it's August, and then it's last year's, isn't it? By, by, by February and March. Yeah, so. nine months. I think what what I did like about that kit was how, you know, the contrast tone for the sponsor, the Puma logo, um, and the crest. It was the main colour of the away shirt. I think they called it fizzy yellow. I mean, sounds like a silly name for a for a colour, but I sort of like the fact that you had two change kits and they both referenced the same colour because often you can release three kits and you don't really get a sense of it being a set. And granted, it's hard for a change kit to look anything like the home kit because the entire point of a change kit is it doesn't look anything like it. But to have... The, the two change kits to have a, a, a tone that's that's used across both of them. I thought that was a really good touch with that kit. Yeah, I mean, again, on that note, ironically, the other one, the yellow, the yellow one, I can't stand that one. I absolutely <laughs> can't stand. So that goes, that, that that kind of goes goes against that. But again, I'm again one of these old school where I like the set. I like it all uniform, uniform, uniform. So if, if it connects in some way, great. So, yeah, I agree. So, halfway through, Kev, uh, it's time for a second. Now, where the lads, kit you didn't get on with. Right, well, one way I, 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 I didn't get on, I'm going to save the worst one to the to the end, is it's actually the shirt, our wear shirt from 2002-2003. So, it got a bit of an airing in, in the Champions League against Juventus. And you know, I think we wore it at West Brom. We wore it very, very well. But what I remember about it again, it, 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 so uncomfortable. I can remember having it and having it on holiday. It was awful. It's just like sticking to you. It's just like cardboard, you know. And again, the player version. There's no different. It's the same. So I just look at it and go, oh, it's grey. It's just boring. And it just at the time, it just did nothing nothing for us and the shorts itself I mean the shorts were the same colour as the shirt so you know it doesn't although I think they did wear 
where the dark shorts were at once, I think. Um, yeah. I just look at it and just, it just it didn't do anything for us then. Still does no things for now. And the material, I thought the material was just awful. Do you think the design of it is unattractive, but mm-hmm. navy and grey, it doesn't feel very practical for a Newcastle away kit. No. And it staggers me that they wore it at home to Juventus. I mean, did Juventus only bring one kit? Were they, was it a throwback to that early Champions League thing of the home team changing? Just seems absolutely bizarre now to think that. Over over there in Juventus, we wore our home shirt. Mm. Because I, I've got a Juventus player shirt from the game, Berendelli, I think it's called, when he swapped Loire Loire. And that's, that, that, they're wearing white that day. Yeah. yeah, it happened a bit in the early noughties as well. There was no kind of hard and fast rule, a strange one, but I agree with you fully, Les. Like it, it had zero functionality to be the change kit for a team like Newcastle. Like you look at the picture from, I think it was the last day of the season, wasn't it, against West Brom, Gavin? Mm. Like where it was worn, like navy and navy and grey Ajax style against navy and white stripes and. It's just a horrific, um, you know, mix of colours. Like, I, I think, I think a black Newcastle away kit is actually fairly okay because it can be worn against Leeds, Tottenham, you know, teams in white. A white Newcastle away kit probably isn't much use because there's no team that has black as a first choice colour. I remember, and they have had white, and I know they probably win next season again. But I remember in ninety nine two thousand. They had the white away. It was only worn against Coventry. I don't know why it wasn't worn against Wimbledon because it would have actually been okay. But you were drawn against Tranmere in the FA Cup who had white with navy pinstripes that season. And Newcastle wore the home shirts with white shorts and black socks against white shirts, navy pinstripes, navy shorts, white socks. Like, you should look at it on YouTube. It was awful mix. And I think sometimes Newcastle do fall down on the... The choice of colours for their change kits. Now I was saying that like, when you go back to that game against Coventry, you kind of look at that and go, "Why did they even wear the white then?" Because exactly, of, yeah, yeah, isn't it? They wore black and white. Yeah, well, even that, so, even in that West Brom game, the, the last day of the season, the shorts and the socks were doing all the heavy lifting in distinguishing the teams because, you know, apart from the thickness, the, the width of the stripe, the grey and the navy against navy and white, the, there really wasn't that much difference. Yeah, so it doesn't give really a logic. So that's what I'm saying. So I'm again, trying to hard press to when why we wore it and wearing that against Juventus. We'll beat Juventus, and I don't remember is that shirt. But it didn't seem like 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 Dennis says it's not functional. There's no real logic to it. When at West Brom, you go, well, that would be the last team you'd wear it against, wouldn't you? Yeah. It didn't do anything for us, and I thought the material, the the fit, wasn't nice, and it's just, it's a bit dour. I think with the wear strips, you kind of, although I like that uniformity, you're it, contrasting. It's as if to say, well, make it so different then, will you? So it's worth yeah, yeah. it's worth wearing. So, and then you look at that West Brom game, you think, well, why have the war? It is a token gesture. I, can't re- I couldn't really think of any other other reason why, why they would wear it, because you could say, well, if that's the case, you could have worn it at Liverpool then, couldn't you? You know, because yeah. it's kind of contrast, so... Did, did nothing for me at the time, still doesn't doesn't do now. I think the overall design is an interesting concept, but if it was done in other colours, like the yellow and green, classic Newcastle away colours, 
I think that would have been kind of outstanding because, you know, it's an Ajax shirt. It's an Ajax design. Only one team has that kind of look. So I think if they had just been a little bit more different with the colour choices, I think it could have been. I know the quality is something different, but the actual colour of it could have been something very special. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gavin. Well, it's time for your last canny kit that pet. So make it a good one. Right. Well, the last one in my, it, it, for me personally, is the best shirt ever. And when I say best shirt ever, because again, memories of a kid, 15 year old, Kevin Keegan, 1983-84 season. And the good thing about this design is that's when we won for years. So we got this V-neck shirt in 1983, and we still had it in 1987. So I grew. I'm saying it was right through my youth. Well, I might have changed the sponsorship, but it was still. And when I think about it, it was so different. I probably didn't appreciate it at the time to the when we had our first Umbro shirt in 1988 with the diamonds. It was quite dated at the time to what that had before. So all I think of this shirt is Keegan, Keegan, Keegan. You know, the thin stripes, the little blue star, you know, the V-neck, the, the shiny, the shininess of the shirt itself. Very, 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 very slim fit. But because it was for four years it really gone under your skin. So again, having it as a child, the replicas were very, very different to the player ones. You know, they're very, very thin, the player one, and I remember the colour, the colour quite, run quite easily. But the shirt itself, so simple. It's what a proper Newcastle United top was in in, in, in my mind. Very, very, very 80s. Um, had the NUFC badge that everyone's still very, very fond of, and we only had it for a few years. But it's just so minimalistic and mm. simple and ineffective so i thought just... having that crest in the away kit tone was remarkably forward thinking for you know 1983 uh, i thought that that was a, a really really good touch um because yeah. when newcastle the first team to wear a, a silver away kit i can't think of any other team in the 80s certainly at that stage 83 um where, where they were going with silver um, and so to reference that on the home kit was a really smart look, I felt. Yeah, I mean, the silver one at the time, I mean, the remembrance of that is, you know, kind of the, the first game of the season at Leeds, and I remember at Fulham, and it did look very, very grey. You know, you know, again, but all you see all you see is Keegan, but just when you look back at them shirts itself, they're like a perfect set, aren't they? It's kind of, if anything, the contrast, because the grey one's got the pinstripes, and I God, I love a pinstripe, but probably we all do, you know. But just that home strip, that simple blue star. We've said about it doesn't have the writing all over like these sponsorships do these days. It's simplistic, bang, blue star, simple shirt, very very fitted. But I wax lyric, I could wax lyric about it all day. That 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 shirt, everything about it. But pure eighties. But I suppose some of these footballers today would probably look good in that strip. Yeah, I, I can't add anything other than to say I think that was a very good era for Umbro and I think this is one of the reasons why like with the move into sponsorship there could have been a tendency to go a bit too much but they kept it nice and restrained um, and it, it was a good a good evolution from what had been in the 70s um, and yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, even the shirt, even if I think about the you know, we wore white socks a few times in the 70s and white socks are not Newcastle. I mean, Rude Hullet got them wearing white socks and oh, awful. But these are the proper black socks with the white tops. 
you know how how it how it should be. I think just having the blue star with the with the skyline on as well, and I know I know sponsors were a very new thing at that point, but sponsors can become just wallpaper where you don't really pay attention to them. But when you have a simple logo like that when there's no text on it it almost makes you lean in and pay attention to it and want if you don't know what that represents you almost want to know what it represents simply because they've, they've not splashed a word mark on it i mean i know they did sometimes play with green holes on i don't know if that was for television games or whatever but um yeah i thought the the decision to just have the blue star and nothing else was uh and because because the, the previous kit had had the blue star contained within a white circle hasn't it and so just having it on its own was so much yeah. more effective. It was like I say, Scottish Newcastle Brewery is the first one, 1980. That's like the first stab at it. So it's the blue star in a round circle, but that is the blue that that is the blue star. Um, I mean, Greenall's the Greenall sponsor was after was after the breweries, but I mean, on that note, like I say, recently at the Arsenal game, we had the, the war flags. The whole ground was, you know, had the kind of banners and kind of thing. In, in in the Leeds' end, it was a blue star. So it's that blue star. Like you say, it's actually a brewery sponsor, but it's a blue star. So it, it kind of takes it away what it actually is without saying it says Wonga across the front. You know? <laughs> so it's kind of so... It, it's it's like having a symbol on your shirt, isn't it? And it becomes... It's like another badge, that's how we say Because for years, if you wore a pin badge for the match, you'd have a blue star pin badge. So it's moved away. So you you associated, and you know it's 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 kind of it's like another crest. That that's how I see it. So it just complements it. And if I remember on that shirt, it was quite small as well. And I don't think sponsors need to be too big. I think they just need to be there. So yeah, wonderful shirt. Okay, just one more selection left, then, Gavin. Your final kit that you're not so enamoured by. Right. Well, well, on that note, it's got to be a Wonga shirt, hasn't it? So. <laughs> The shirt I, I, I very much couldn't stand at the time was the 2015-2016 away shirt. So it was our relegation shirt to the, the championship. And all I remember when it was released was it's a black and white shirt. It's a V-neck, but it's got blue stripes through the black stripes. And then on the back, it's got a big blue bottom. Well, I remember being a punk in the days. It was like a bum flap, they would say. So that's all I always ever thought of it of. That's not a Newcastle shirt. It's got a big white patch on the back. It's got a blue bum flap at the bottom. It's got blue stripes through the black stripes, and it's got one on the front. That's not a Newcastle top. That's not a Newcastle top. And even the V-neck was blue as well. So I hated it. Couldn't couldn't stand it because to me it just... It had far too, we say about having trim. Sometimes it's nice to have the bit of tack for little trim, like a bit of blue flecking here and there. You know, um, the colour of the, the colour of the the, the, the motif. But this had blue all over it. And all I could see when I saw Andros Townsend running down the wing with this blue bottom across the back. So it's just anything. But that may well be because I'm a traditionalist and I love that simplicity of black and white stripes. And many, many say that. You shouldn't deviate. What can you do with black and white stripe? The black and white stripes. Well, you just put a massive bit of blue in the back of it. Didn't like its shirt one bit. And unfortunately, it reminds me of relegation 2015-16. So, yeah. It certainly wasn't the most of flattering of sponsors, but I think the thing I struggled with the most about it is you've got a home shirt on the front 
and what looks like an away shirt on the back. It's like you've two for the price to one. You've put you've you've put a, sh- a different shirt on on each side. And if you've two players facing each other and you're taking a photograph, it, it looks like two different sides. And and I don't I don't mind having a free zone on the back. I don't mind you know having an area you know for, for the number, but. If you if you're a team that plays in stripes or a team that plays in bands, to have absolutely nothing on the back is is really jarring. It almost looks like they've got two different kits on. That was exactly what you said, Les. How I saw it, that it was like two different shirts. I mean, I remember when it came out, posting something on Instagram saying this monstrosity, and then I posted it with a shirt from '82, which was black and white. For whatever reason, I think if a Newcastle home shirt had to have a plain back. I think black works better than white for whatever reason. But I would agree, obviously, some semblance of stripes would be better. As a design, I don't mind it. I think it's it's an interesting way of adding a third colour. But like you say, it's not a Newcastle shirt. In a different colour scheme, it could be a nice change shirt for Newcastle or someone else. But I definitely understand why you wouldn't like it. And like you say, relegation just compounds it then. Ties into your favourite kit in the... In the opposite way where the blue star of your favorite kit complements it's like the blue has gone overkill here they've taken that oh a bit of blue in the shirt works with newcastle let's splash a load of blue wherever possible and you know if you look at the whole kit there's blue elements in all kind of three aspects so it's you know they kind of missed the point of what works so well with the blue star yeah and like you say in the wongas like a massive splash on the front which goes against like we say about sponsorships being discreet but I just couldn't get away from that bump flap, as I called it. You know that that's how I that's how I saw it. But that's all it, it, that's all I remember. You know what I mean? Colicini in that in that shirt with the with that about the bottom. So yeah, <laughs> couldn't couldn't stand it. And like I say, putting the blue the blue stripes through the black again. What's that all about? But I'm sure somebody did. Nobody else have a similar one. Nobody jumps out as having had that kind of one, but. That's not to say that there wasn't anyone. So that's the six. And now it's our turn. And we'll just keep it nice and positive with our canny choices. Uh, I'll go first. And my choice is the 93 to 95 Essex home kit. If it hadn't been immediately followed by the Adidas one, this would be remembered um, a lot a lot more positively, maybe. Uh, not to say that it's not remembered positively, but it will be held in higher regard. I think it was a nice classic style not too many frills just a nice little bit of blue trim nice color blue star for for home games most home games and then the McEwen's larger for away games and yeah i think it was a good time for Essex. they had a good few contracts in england and they were by and large were producing good good kits at the time a marvelous shirt i mean again dennis with that shirt again that that was when that came out we walked for the leicester game the last game of the season yeah yeah and it took off and again, all I associate that shirt is is wonderful memories. You know, Coley up front, Bates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip Albert. I think it probably doesn't get the credit it deserves because of the '95 one. But on my research on that shirt recently, you know, it's that simplistic. It's very retro. You know, the 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 collar and you're right. We wore McEwen's logo on the wear on the wear shirts. Sorry, the the, the televised games is yeah, one. yeah. But it's so. The long shorts. I mean, again, it's it's like the perfect shirt, isn't it? To, to, to a, yeah, um, and and I think that that's proven by the fact that 
it was worn like the, the blue kit was only worn six or seven times and then you had the green third kit which was only worn against Sheffield Wednesday both seasons like that the, the home shirt was able to be worn at Leeds with the black shorts and socks and it was able to be worn at Wimbledon with the white shorts and socks that it was so perfectly balanced the, the shorts and socks helped to provide enough differentiation to wear it against a team in all navy or against a team in all white did it also have the blue star on the socks as well? Just in a couple of pictures. It so did, yeah, yeah, and something it, different. A little bit of guerrilla marketing um, <laughs> that that wasn't picked up on. No, no, no. It was an alternate crest. Gavin said so. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, Gavin. You were saying earlier about how you know white socks aren't Newcastle. Do you have a preference for black or white shorts, or are you not bothered as long as the kit's well designed? I would say black shorts. I'm not really one for white. Mm. You know, if I think about when 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 I bought shorts, you know, replica shorts myself, white. They're not me. You know what I mean? It's kind of um, I be I prefer them in black. No, mm. no, and I prefer the 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 socks to be very black with that kind of white top. I don't mind the hoop socks because that might go back to when I first ever went, but not white. Not yeah. I understand why, if I remember that 93-94, the, the contrast in shorts that we wore at Wimbledon, it worked. But many, many times we've played Sunland over the years where we'd wear the white shorts and sometimes I'd be like, oh, just wear the waist strip, man, will you? Will you just, <laughs> just contrast it, get, get, get the use out of it. So, again, I'm quite traditionalist. It's black. Yeah, because that Asics kit was remarkably black, wasn't it? Yeah. And you, Gavin, hope. I am going for the kit before yours, Dennis. So worn between 1990 and 1993, um, which is the last Umbro kit, and was the one probably most famous because it has the different um, thickness stripes. So it's something interesting done with stripes. Often, you know, very difficult. What do you do to make things different? What do you do to give it a different look? And so having the shirt almost split as halves, having thin halves on uh, thin stripes on one half, the thick traditional um, stripes on the other half, then with the alternate sleeves in the same way. It's it's very much a halved shirt done in stripes. I just think it works. Again, you've got the classic um, Blue Star sponsor. You've got a blue Umbro logo, which again matches. I think one of the things that I like here is looking at the whole kit as well, looking at the shorts, and it has a little bit of blue in the short detailing as well. Um, I just, you know, of the time you know it reminds me of you know uh i know on the field there wasn't successful time for newcastle things are about to change but i remember keegan coming in and it was this kit and i remember as a mill supporter you know it was that team in the same division that started you know buying all of the, the players that i knew and you know players like for me malcolm allen i can a picture of him signing and, and wearing this shirt um who was a, a big kind of hero of mine at the time um, so it brings nostalgic back for me from a Newcastle point of view. And I just think, it, you know, to do something different with stripes should be commended. And I think it's something I'm surprised we haven't seen revisited in designs, particularly as we go back and teams go back and look at this. And we haven't seen this yet, which I'm really surprised at because it gives us um, a really kind of different look. And I really like it. I mean, the shirt itself, I mean, ironically, Gav, um, I went to Millwall away when they wore the shirt in 91, January 91, and Gavin Peacock scored. Now, this shirt at the time, I mean, again, we wore it from August 92, May 93. 
it got slagged off left, right and centre at the time. The barcode showed it was like, what's that all about? It's thick and thin stripes. It it looks naff. I mean, Derby had one, didn't they? Dennis, did Derby have they a They did. They had like a silvery uh, kind. black and silver with red shorts and socks mm. because it was originally meant to be red and black. But the Derby fans um, protested against red being used, given that that was Forrest's colour. But but at, but at the time, this when it came out in 1990, because we had green nose on it at first, and then they changed the sponsor. And, it, and when you had a replica shirt, they give you a patch to stick over the front of it, which looked absolutely horrendous. Look, naff. I mean, one thing about the quality in this shirt, the colours change colour. I mean, I've got a fair few player shirts, which um, you'll see the 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 the, the, the actual colours are so worn away. The colours kind of completely gone. I don't know if that was a thing with the Umbro shirts back then. But I the think t- it was, yeah. I remember noticing that on the you know the, the white villa away yeah. um with the, the black and sky blue. I've seen kind of ones like that that now have very I don't know what colour you'd even describe the black because uh, it's not grey anymore. It's a kind of almost a reddish grey, if that makes sense. Um that that the the, the colour just fades. I mean as I say this this shirt at the time didn't get again it was that traditionalist saying it's so obvious now you look back and go wow it's pretty head of the game that isn't it you know you know it's kind of um you know thin on one side thick on the other thin on one arm thick on the other doesn't look too bad it doesn't look radical it's not like saying well well let's spin them off and go candy stripes it's kind of still being traditional but it probably suits its time i don't know what it would look like now can't think of anyone off the top of my head who, who's done it, but at the time, a lot of people thought it was naff, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I do look back with, with fondness, you know, the blue star on it. I mean, ironically, the player shirts, the sublimate, the blue star towards the end, that the blue star stuck on, that the green all sublimated on. Um, the shirt used to click left, right, and center, remember, as a, as a replica shirt, as I mentioned about the color. The colour kind of running, but I do look back and the shorts itself, you're right, had a touch of blue in. So, again, and of course, you had the wonderful red numbers on the back as well, didn't you? So, yeah, brilliant. That's interesting because Jay of Design Football, he'd tweeted us and asked that question about about the red numbers. Where where did that come from? It seems an odd choice for, for Newcastle. I mean, a few people were moaning. The other year, weren't they, when you had the, the blue Fun 88 sponsor and the red number? But it's like, well, that's the way it was. That's 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 the 80s look, the blue sponsor with the with the with the red number. But where did the red number come from? Do you know what? In in my um in my little bit of research for other things, um the, the red number, I think again it's a bit of common sense. I go back to why is there a red number? Why is a red number? And the war the war red numbers since the start having numbers on shirts in the late in the late 30s. And it just seems to be a number which made it legible on the back and they put it in a square so you can see it. So the logic is, well, that'd be the only logic why there's been a red number. You know, I couldn't think of any other reason why any sophistication of why it'd be a red number. So that red number carried through this the, the 50s, the 60s. There's an early period in the 70s, a cup one season where it went just flush on the back of the shirt. So about 1975, where you just see this red number. So there's no square on the back again, so you couldn't see it. Then they go back to the square. Then in the 80s, they're wearing the red numbers, and it's consistent 
right through to the end of the Umbro era. So all I can think of, it's such a contrast on the back of the shirt to see it with a square. And then, of course, they went into A6 where they go to the white number and then it changed to a blue number and a, and, 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 and a kind of um, gold number, I remember, on Shearer's last season. But in 2017, I think it just went back that nostalgia. Let's go back because it looks so good and contrast it. So I haven't been able to find any reasons as to why, but common sense with me would say it was the only, it's the only solution, you know, probably back in the 30s, someone's got, well, a red number will look good on the back of a black and white shirt. So it stands out and the square must do that. Mm. And and Gav, was a red chain shirt used much after Hereford? Never, ever, ever. Never. If there's one colour shirt I don't like, it's red. Yeah. And that <laughs> and, was the last time it appeared. And all I remember, Dennis, is again, too young to remember the game itself, but God, I've seen it since. Yeah. They wore that red shirt. Why they wore it, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, where it come from, what they did it. <laughs> again, I, I presume it may well have just been, we probably didn't really have to wear, we weren't probably wearing wear shirts then because I, yeah. I I remember as the season after them wearing the, the blue one and wearing the yellow one and okay from there so just you Les indeed and I'm I'm going with one that Gavin's already alluded to it's the 95 96 away shirt because I don't think it's just one of the best Newcastle kits ever I think it's one of the best football kits ever I just think it was perfection um you know the navy and the maroon are a, a great combination to begin with, but I loved that use of that ecru tone for the granddad collar um, and for the shorts. And it's interesting because when you say ecru, you associate it with the Liverpool away kit of the following season. But and and people sort of talked about oh, ecru in a sort of disparaging terms when it's not the main colour of a kit and it's the the, the sort of the contrast colour of the shorts. I just thought it worked so much better than 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 going with white shorts reference that in 2008 and 18 and Puma did a fairly good job with that but you can't you can't improve on that original you know maroon and navy shirt I just think it's absolute perfection and trying to think back and I even think I might have owned one not that I would have worn it out the house because I don't wear any other English shirt that isn't Hull City but occasionally I would buy a shirt if I thought oh that's beautiful and if it was cheap enough in in all sports um and I think that might have been a shirt that I that even bought because I I just seem to remember something about the the ecru stripes that the material had had an odd I don't know I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it it it, it just just had a, a really interesting texture to the ecru stripes on the sleeves so I think I think yeah in the mid nineties I was pretty obsessed with that shirt even though it had nothing to do with the team I supported. I mean ironically that shirt itself only one season again. I mean, I mean again as part of looking into things recently. I remember we wore a bolt and we wore it at Southampton. Tottenham on the on Sky, where Ginola's you know, looking the part. If I remember in that shirt, it was a wonderful thing. But it's only wore for one season. I mean, you're on about 18, 19. Yes, we brought out again and the wore that with cream shorts again. Okay. Um, and all I remember is Salam Rondom's last kick he's the goal for Newcastle at Fulham when he's got that shirt on. If anything, although the remake was 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 Puma. It was fantastic. But again, ironically, if you said pick four shorts, I would have had that one, the 1819 one, because it was like a simplified version of it. You yeah. know, I think 
the player ones more that Evo Nick kind of stuff. But it seemed to move it on a bit. All I can see with that 1819 version is Rondon scoring that fourth goal when we were at Fulham. So they kind of moved it on. But you're right, going back to that 95 96, as I said at the time, I bought the home in extra large and the away one in extra, extra large. Don't know why. I couldn't tell you why I did that. But I just remember the accrual beat or whatever. I think I just called it cream then. But it's yeah. been very relative to the 90s of when you went out with your cream jeans on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in, was it 2006 or seven? They had an away kit in those colours, but it was almost like Eddie just said, oh, that, that'll do them. You know, it, it was a, a very poor kind of um, tribute to it. It was the, um, we call it the Oberfemi Martins kit. Yeah, the one at Tottenham when he got the blind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I call it the um, Paul Huntington kit because I think he scored in the game as well, I think. And very, very poor because the shorts, yeah, it's 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 got it's got the burgundy, but it's got blue. But yeah, you would say very poor. Yeah, if you're going to do it, just go the whole hog. And the Puma one is marvellous, but again, it's one of them which, you know, they're covering other areas where other suppliers do. They they seem to kind of use that previous design, but it's not theirs, is it? So it's kind of... Yeah, the the remake is never viewed as fondly unless you win the Champions League in it or something. Yeah, but as I say, marvellous shirt, the perfect set with that home shirt. Whoever designed that and where it come on the back of, God knows, but they got that spot on. Yeah. When you see people get so many shirts so wrong, where did that come from? Because it is just say, going from being Umbro for 13 years, A6 was a couple of years, clearly Adidas came along and blew them out the water. But it just sums up that period but unfortunately that's just one season we didn't even and, and we didn't wear it much it was only worn at the beginning of the season we didn't wear it so any any of that depressing season at the end it's always the whole shirt so you never see the glory i suppose the glory is to wear we we beat soak city in it i remember you know as i say tottenham with janola on the telly Sheffield wednesday when janola's first goal so it's got if yeah, any yeah. Share it with the perfect memories. In terms of your, your collecting, Gavin, you picked up something fairly special recently. Are you prepared to share? Oh, well, I, I mean, recently, um, George Robledo, who was our iconic Newcastle United centre-forward in the, in, the, in the early 50s, who ironically is, is the, the most famous Chilean footballer ever. So somehow via a friend, I become good friends with his daughter and she was over in England recently and a couple of his 1950 shirts have just been sold at Graham Bud's auctions. But I've been lucky to receive a shirt from her, which was a shirt that George was given by Jackie Milburn in the early 80s, which is a shirt from the 70s. So I've actually got that shirt. So... She spent she spent three or four days staying with me and my wife, and um, she was guest of honour at the Newcastle United Liverpool game at the end of the month, and I was her guest at the game with her. So we had a, a memorable day. Ironically, sitting having a beer with Calvin Harris <laughs> in the chairman seat. So yes, that was a, a wonderful day. So yes, she's um, she's had quite a journey in in in, in bringing a, 
a dad sh- shirt over and she appeared on the one show the other Friday night and she was a guest at the, the cup final. But it was quite an honour. So she's kind of given me a couple of her dad's old photographs. So quite a surreal going to the match with a legendary Chilean footballer who scored the winning goal in our last major trophy. And I met the match with her. So it's quite surreal. But she's now firmly a family friend. So she's quite nice. So, yeah, a wonderful story. It's quite surreal to think about it, actually. So I'm quite honoured. So. And would you have let her leave your house if she hadn't have gifted <laughs> you a shirt? No, no, no. When it, when <laughs> gifted wasn't the right word, as, as you say. I, I, kind of, I bought the shirt, but again, a small price to pay. I think it was a, it's a wonderful broad connection. So we've now got a bit of connections with Ch- with Chile now because, ironically, because um, her dad had two plaques. There was a plaque where he lived in, played for Barnsley. So there was a plaque on a house he lived in, Rotherham. And one he had in Newcastle. So his team in Chile were represented from Cola Cola. So I've actually got to meet them and they brought me a Cola Cola shirt. So it was quite um, it was quite nice. So but yes, as I said, going back to it's not every day, is it? You meet he's the most famous Chilean footballer. So yeah. Again, I could talk all day about that, to be honest with you. So it's lovely. Yeah. We've reached the end of episode 11 of the Football Kit podcast. Thanks to Gavin for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for indulging our views. And thanks to those who've contributed views of their own. We will return with episode 12 and we hope you'll join us then. 